the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say, let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Ah, <sighs> barely. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the moms and the dads and the kiddos who listen. I am Jenny, and this is Channel Mom, where we do encourage moms because sometimes moms need that. We focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world, raising up that next generation. The whole world's counting on you. Okay, so are you always trying to please your people, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your parents, your boss? Maybe even you're trying to please God. This is an issue for women, the people-pleasing thing. Did you know that it could be the thing that is making you miserable on a daily basis? People-pleasing or the lack thereof just made me miserable this morning. I was crying because I wasn't pleasing people. So we're going to help you with this issue. The best-selling author, Karen Eman, is going to offer us helpful advice from her new book, When Making Others Happy is Making You Miserable. Ugh. (laughs) It's not all ugly, though. It's good stuff. So stick around. That's all coming up on Channel Mom in just a minute. Are you in need of some girl time or maybe a mother-daughter date? We've got just the place for you. Enjoy an afternoon of respite and refreshments with an authentic English tea. Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe serves a delightful afternoon tea or a delicious breakfast or lunch in their cafe, all at affordable prices. Offering special teas like the chocolate fountain tea or princess tea, there's something for everyone at Lynn's Tea Shop and Cafe in Littleton. For a 10% discount, use the code CHANNELMOM. Visit lynnstea.com. That's lynnstea.com. Moms are a big deal, but sometimes the world forgets. That's why Channel Mom Media and Outreach is here. We exist to love, coach, and encourage every mom. Whether she's struggling with parenting, single motherhood, homelessness, or locked in prison. On radio and social media, Channel Mom works to remind each mom of her importance and give her the latest and best advice. We also reach out to moms with our hands and feet, helping homeless and incarcerated moms, as well as moms in the country and mothers in the city. You can join our work by praying for us, volunteering, or giving at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey guys, welcome back. Hey, don't uh, forget if you book a tea time with Lynn's Tea Shop, mention Channel Mom and you're going to get a discount at lynnstea.com. Lynnstea.com. There's also a phone number 303 973 or 303-973-0224 or it's a wonderful thing. My daughter and I went there, um, and yeah, it's just fantastic. It's an authentic English tea. All right, so we're going to get to get to our guest in a minute, but I do want to do a quick shout-out to folks who listen to us around the nation. So grateful for those of you who tune in in Oklahoma and Texas and also Omaha and Lincoln and Nebraska and um, Little Rock. They've been around with us for a long time. Really grateful for our friends in Little Rock. Also Colorado Springs, Idaho, Missouri, and right here in Denver, Faithful listeners here in Denver, always grateful for you. We're going to give away some books today, so stick around for that because you can call us today, Friday, but if you're listening over the weekend, you can also email us to get that book, channelmom at gmail.com, channelmom at gmail.com. 
You know, this morning I was having a morning and producer Michael was so kind to say, so what made you cry this morning? <laughs> Which just made me cry again. Thanks, Michael. But he is, he is kind of a, he's just kind of a warm guy. So it, you know, it, it seemed authentic. So I thought, all right, I'm safe to cry in front of him. Look, if, if you've been listening to the show for, for very long or listening to the podcast for very long, you know, I'm a crier. You've heard me cry on the air or through the podcast, but, um, I, I just had one of those days and I, and I, it's the thing that makes me go back to realizing why I do this thing called channel mom, because moms just in and of themselves are, are, are one of the most insecure populations on the planet. And I think part of it is because they don't get honored in their role as mom. You know, maybe you're working outside the home and you bring in a salary and, and you're made to feel like a big deal at work. Or or maybe you don't. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and so you really don't feel like a big deal because I did that for a while and that's how I felt. But, but you know, this morning I had a phone call with somebody and we were talking about podcasting and, and the person was perfectly nice but but definitely was condescending. And, and so I got off the phone feeling like a complete loser. And I went into my daughter's bedroom. She's still here. She's not at college yet. And I just said, I feel like a complete loser. Like I have no value. Like what I do in this world isn't important to people. Like I'm not a big deal and nobody cares. But I, the, the other thing I said to her is I think the most important thing I've ever done is mother. And, and this is my best job ever. And um, with her going off to college, then I started crying again. because <laughs> I was like, okay, that job's over. Now what? But, but the point of all this to, is to admit to you, I, I just think moms struggle with knowing their inherent and beautiful and gorgeous value as mamas. Just I, I go into shopping malls or I go to restaurants or whatever, and I see these wonderful women all over the world ministering to these babies and raising them well and caring for them and wiping their faces and kissing their boo-boos and taking them here and there and teaching them lessons and, and telling them about God and praying with them and praying for them. And I think <gasps> we forget to tell women every single day how important they are in their role as moms. So, you know, I normally do a little soundtrack, but because I'm trying to be friendlier to our podcast audience, technically I'm not supposed to be playing the, the stuff that you're only allowed to play on the radio on the podcast. And so we love our podcast people. So we want to be legal. And uh, so I'm not playing a musical introduction to our friend Karen Eman. But I will tell you, and maybe Michael can come up with some, uh, yeah, some kind of a sound effect. Maybe we can have some applause or something when we introduce Karen. But she is a New York Times bestselling author. Her name is Karen Eman. Uh, she also writes at Proverbs 31, I believe. Is that right, Karen? Yes, yeah, thank you. I'm so glad that I was not wrong about that. Um, her latest book is called When Making Others Happy is Making You Miserable, How to Break the Pattern of People Pleasing and Confidently Live Your Life. Um, do you, do you, uh, he's looking for it for me. Um, <laughs> and, and Karen's going to help us because I think this is a huge problem for a lot of moms and in their people pleasing, they're not often getting the recognition or the applause or the thanks that they, that they crave when they're trying to please people. And so it, it's something that we have to break. And, and it's something that in the end, um, is going to help our children if we break, cause they're going to learn from us about not people pleasing. So welcome to our friend, Karen. Eman. Yay. Thank you, Michael. A little a bit of applause for a mom, because every mom deserves that. Welcome to Channel Mom, Karen. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. So I promised the audience in, in our promotion that uh, you were going to help them 
discover how to live prior, you know, according to our priorities uh, instead of what people say and um, learn how to say yes and when to say no. And then also how to set boundaries in order to be happy. But first, I just want to talk. You, you do you have a great chapter about um, what digital media has done to us. But, but can you kind of show the mamas if they don't know uh, that they're people pleasing in their life? What does that look like and why do we do it so much as women? Well, I think the reason we do it is I I like to refer to it as we women have the curse of capability. Mm -hmm. We often don't think when we're presented with an opportunity to serve or be responsible for something or pitch in and help with something. We don't often say, am I I called to do this? And do I have room on my plate for this? We just think, oh, am I capable of this? Oh, sure. You know, I'll do it. And we get asked so often. Because we are so capable, you know, we can be doing things with our family and in the community and a job if we have one. We can juggle a lot of things at once. And so we look so capable and we don't usually like to complain. And so we get asked over and over again to take on more responsibilities. And instead of actually removing something from our plate before we take on a new responsibility or maybe even saying no to the new responsibility, what happens is we think we are just so capable and so clever that if we just somehow rearrange everything on our plate, we can make it all fit. And so what happens is we take on way too much because we don't like to think of this one word that we women have that we don't like to admit, and that's limitation. Mm -hmm. And we have limitations, and we need to learn to stop saying yes to everybody else, no matter what it's doing to us, and no matter whether God is actually calling us to do it, or it's just that, hey, we're capable, I'm expected to, so yes, I'll say yes to another thing. Right. And do you think maybe we're even more susceptible once we become moms because we want to please our kids so badly and, and yet we're still caught in pleasing our spouse and pleasing our parents because my parents are still alive. And of course I want to please them and our friends and our church people. And you know, if we work outside the home, our work people, I mean, do you think mothers have more people to please and are a little more driven to please? Yeah. Because of all those various relationships you just mentioned, you know, we, often end up living our lives based on the opinions and expectations of our kids, the opinions and expectations of our spouse and our parents and our extended family and, you know, our friends. And we're trying so bad to keep everybody happy that we don't really often think about what it's doing to us. And we don't stop to think, you know, is God really asking me to do this or am I just feeling obligated? And it's almost in my mind a strength carried to an extreme that yeah. now becomes, we don't call it a weakness in our house, we call them non-strengths. So a strength that's carried to an extreme that's now a non-strength. Our strength is that we do have a high capacity often, and our strength is that we do love God and want to serve and be helpful. I mean, certainly Scripture calls us to do that, but when it's not kept in check, now it morphs into people-pleasing. It's no longer doing it because I feel that God would have me to do it, and I, I have the bandwidth, and it's not going to be detrimental to me or my family to do it. We're doing it because someone else expects us to. Yeah. And and let's just cover this quickly. You do think um, in your chapter, you talk about the prison of people pleasing and it does become a prison. You do think that more women are in chains in that prison than men. Yes. I feel like, yes, yes. Especially because we're, you know, um, looked at as being so capable of doing things in the home and outside the home. And I don't feel like that same pressure gets put on men as far as, the parenting of the children, especially when they're small. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, and you've got a little quiz, and then I want to move on uh, to, to more questions. But you do have a quiz about what is your approval rating, and you kind of somebody can by taking this quiz can figure out how much people pleasing they're doing. What what's kind of the standard in that quiz? Like, how, how do we figure this stuff out if we're we're overly people pleasing? How do we what can say it again? How, you've got the quiz, right? And I'm just right. I'm curious about how that measures whether or not we're we're too sort of addicted to or encumbered by people pleasing. Yeah, so I just came up with a, a list of 20 questions. I did it along with my daughter, who is a, a trained counselor and therapist. Yeah, because I am not. Yeah, yeah I've, I've kind of been the person that's had to recover from the people pleasing, but she's more the expert in. Uh, the other side of it and helping people not to do it. And so I just came up with some real basic questions to, to ask ourselves to gauge whether or not when we do an action or we say a word, are we doing it because we feel like we're expected to, because we are afraid of the response from someone else, whether it's going to please them or maybe laugh them, maybe it's going to upset them and disappoint them if we don't do what they want. So I just came up with these 20 questions and then you given a little rank per question, number per question, and then you add up the total. And it, it's just really, re- hopefully, something that helps you to reflect on, you know, really your motives. It gets to the heart of motives. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. You, you, you're very good at sound bites. You don't go on and on. I don't have to cut you off. So thank you for that, Karen. Um, I, I love what you're talking about in chapter two, because I think this is the thing that drives us all. First of all, fear drives us a lot. And, and so you talk in chapter two about what... Or who are we afraid of when we determine that we must people please? What is it that we're afraid of? Yeah, we're afraid of a lot of different things. Actually, we're afraid of upsetting someone. Yeah, making them you know making them angry, or the opposite. We're afraid of just disappointing them and making them drop their smile. We're afraid maybe of having to explain ourselves further, especially when there's a hot button or political issue that's being talked about. And we're like, Oh, you know, I don't really want to say the truth of what I think because they might ask me a follow-up question. You know? Yeah. And, and sometimes we're just, you know, that uh, FOMO fear of missing out, you know, F O M O fear of missing out. Sometimes we say yes to things just because we fear that we're going to miss out. And so we say yes and we take on too many things. And now we're running around being involved in all of these activities but really, we were overcommitted just yeah. because we thought, oh, we have to be part of everything. And I know I went through that for a long time when I was first married and before I had children, actually. I was a substitute teacher, a, a pastor's wife, very involved in the community. And I was just involved in so many things I couldn't breathe because I was so afraid I was going to miss out. But I learned, you know, when I drop out of things, and actually I just recently had to drop out of something I've been involved with for 15 years. And I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible. And it's okay if it's really how God's leading me. I don't need to be afraid that I'm going to, you know, feel like I've missed the boat and I'm being left behind and now I'm all sad and wish I could go back. No, if God's really leading you to be involved in the things you are involved in, you're not going to have that fear that you're missing out on something. Yeah. And you talk about learning to say yes and, and learning to say no. And, and I want to talk about the toughest people to say no to. And this kind of also touches on you helping us to, to live our priorities despite what people are saying. And, and I, <laughs> I love that you came up with this list of people, people that need to be forgiven and we still need to love, but you call them the pushers and the powders and the guilt bombers and people who try to call the shots in our lives. How on earth, if, if we are people pleasers, do we get past those pushers and powders and guilt bombers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and it's, it's interesting. Not always are these people in our families, but often I find they are. I feel like every family has a pusher. You know, a pusher loves to push. Yeah. They love to be controlling. They love to get their way. And they get their way by stomping their foot, right? Hey, it's going to be my way or the highway. That's a pusher. But also equally detrimental is the powder. You know, a powder, they don't stomp their foot to get their way. They drop their smile. And you mm-hmm. just certainly don't want to make them sad, especially if they truly have been a victim of something in their life or they've had a really sad life and you just don't want to add any more sorrow to them. Yeah. Sometimes you just give in because you don't want them to pout. And then you got the guilt bombers. They're, you know, really good at pulling your strings and making you feel guilty, like you aren't pulling your own weight and and they're kind of manipulative and so you give in to them. And then another one that as I was on this journey to learn to stop people pleasing that I really looked at in my life and I just made up this term myself. Um, but I saw that I had a lot of people who I call me first maximizers. And they are the kind of person that whenever there's a situation where one person's going to get the shorter end of the stick or one person's going to get the smaller piece of the pie and the other person's going to get the better end of the stick or the bigger piece of the pie, they always can make sure that they're in the situation, they're in the position where things come out better for them than the other person. But if the tables were turned, they would never take that smaller piece of the pie. And they are just, they can be very kind and appear to be very um, industrious and, you know, um, on the surface, fair. Let me give an example. I worked with someone for a while who was totally a me first maximizer. And so let's say if we were working on a project where 75% of the project was fun and it was in our wheelhouse and it was energizing, creative work, something we like to do, but then 25% of that total project was kind of yuck and grunt work. Well, they would step in and appear to be very helpful and conscientious, and they'd say, oh, I'll divide up the workload, and they would divide it up exactly 50-50. However, they would make sure that their 50% was all fun, and that I was left with just like half fun and half yuck, you know? Yeah. But the way you can tell if it's a me first maximizer is if the tables were turned, they would never have agreed to the opposite setup. They would never have agreed to having their 50% contain all the work that was no fun. Yeah. But they somehow can always kind of maneuver themselves to a place where they get the better end of the deal. Sure. And we have to, you know, I don't want to foment anger. There's enough anger going on in this country right now, but we have to learn <laughs> to forgive those people. Um, I do want to remind folks that uh, we are giving away a couple of free copies of Karen Eamon's book. She's a New York Times best-selling author, so it's worth it. The book is When Making others happy is making you miserable giving away a couple of copies 303-873-1935 303-873-1935 or if you're listening on the weekends email us at channelmom at gmail.com channelmom at gmail.com if you think you need this or somebody in your life needs it you might win one of the free copies all right so i want to get to the stuff that helps people your tips but i want you to talk about one more thing and then you're going to rapid fire some of these tips about how to to, to live our priorities and, and how to know when to say yes and no and things like that but what the heck is digital doing to us? Because I was reading that chapter and I thought, oh my goodness, this has just made it so much worse because now we don't even want to just please people face to face. We have to please them online too. And then if we don't get enough likes, we're clearly not pleasing people enough. And if we're not getting enough hearts, we're not pleasing people enough. And and at me as somebody who is driven by making people happy and driven by people liking me, it's super hard to, to have that measured online. And then other people can see that you're not pleasing enough people. And oh my goodness, what is digital doing to us? Yes. Yeah, so not only that whole, am I getting likes and hearts and stars and rainbows, 
but also just the actual device, the actual phone, what that has done to our lives. So yeah. just think for a moment, most of us probably, unless you're very, very young, grew up in a home that had a landline. So if you can migrate your brain back to the days when all you had was a landline, if if you wanted to get a hold of me, it was up to you, Jenny, to call my house and get me to pick up. And if I didn't pick up, let's say I didn't even have an answer machine. If I didn't pick up, well, the burden was on you to continue to try later, the next day, whatever, to get a hold of me. The yeah. burden was on you. Yeah. Now, with the dawn of the digital age, everything is completely flipped. People have multiple ways that they can put something on your plate. They can send you a text, leave you a voicemail, send you a direct message on social media, send you an email. And now the, the burden's not on them to get back to you. They just dump something in your lap and say, hey, send me that recipe you were talking about. Hey, give me that link. Hey, I need you to do this next yeah. Tuesday, whatever. And when I get up in the morning and I go out to my kitchen where I keep my phone plugged in overnight, I kind of try to treat it like a landline so I'm not taking it into the bedroom where I'm yeah, tempted yeah. to tap and scroll, you know. So I go and I turn my phone off of airplane mode and that, you know, menagerie of uh, notifications does its daily dance down from the top of my screen. And all these people have contacted me saying, you know, especially if I like post that I'm making a certain something for dinner, they're like, hey, I want that recipe. Recipe, please. Don't you know you might as well put something on Instagram about the recipe? And it's almost like I'm making out my to-do list for the day, the old-fashioned way, with a, a legal pad and a pen, and somebody has reached over and grabbed my pen, and they're putting all these things on my to-do list without yeah. any input or any approval from me. Yeah. They're throwing things on my to-do list. And, so not yeah. only has, has our phones made us want to garner the likes and feel like we're pleasing people and like we're liked, but it's also it's just made more work for us because people can put things on our plate without any input from us. I know. It's their list. It's not ours. All right. So we only have a couple of minutes left. So I want you to be pretty rapid fire about this. How does a mom, how does a woman learn how to say yes and when to say no? Well, it's going to sound Sunday school answer, but definitely you need to make that a matter of prayer in your life. Not just as each thing comes up, but be deliberate to pray about daily decision making in your life and ask the Lord, you know, Help me to know when it's you, Holy Spirit, tapping me on the heart saying, meet this need, yeah. help this person, sign up for this, and when it's just for another reason, because you want to be liked that, by that person or you don't want to disappoint them. Um, so prayer definitely is key. And, and laying out that old-fashioned pro and con list, I mean, it might sound very old school, but really writing down, like, what is this going to do if I say yes to this? You know, what's the pro, pros and what, what are the cons? Yeah. Also, factor, factor in what saying yes to a new commitment does to your other roles and commitments. You know, the time's got to come from somewhere. So if you say yes to something new, you're going to have to say no to some things you're currently Yeah, and doing. who's, so, yeah, who, who am I going to hurt that I don't want to hurt um, yeah. you know, in my own family or whatever? All right, last question, and then we're going to tell people how to find you. How does a mom dis- discover how to live her priorities and not always be driven by people-pleasing in order to be happier? Well, I think we need to stop asking ourselves, you know, when we're asked to take on a responsibility, stop asking ourselves in our mind, ooh, what are they going to think? Like, what do they want me to say? And instead, just ask the Lord, help me to speak the truth lovingly. Like, if the truth is, no, I'm not excited about doing this, I don't have the bandwidth for doing this, rather than, you know, catching yourself and answering the wrong way, how you truly don't feel, because really we're lying when we do that, um, but really ask the Lord, help me to speak the truth, help me to be loving, and, and realize that you don't have to jump in and be the Savior. You can still be part of solving your problem by saying, hey, 
I'm not your girl. I don't have the bandwidth right now. But let me brainstorm with you who else you might be able to ask or yeah. what else you might be able to do. Or let me pray with you about that. You, mean, you can still help them solve the problem without res- running in and rescuing them. Yeah, and I don't want to say we, we can blame God because that seems irreverent, but we can certainly point to God. And say, I just don't feel mm-hmm. like God is asking me to do this right now. I love you, but I'm, but I, but you know, I, this is not on my to do list right now from God. So I, that does help. All right, Miss Karen, how do people find you? How do they find the book? And, and I know you're also at Proverbs 31. How, how do folks find you? Yes. Yeah, so the easiest way is just to go to my website, KarenEman.com, and Eman is spelled E H M A N. And there you can see all the places I am, like on social media, where we can connect. And I, I do, um, books are sold or available wherever books are sold, my book is. But I also sell them on my website so I can personalize it and sign it to them. And it'll be worth a quarter more at the garage sale someday. Yeah. <laughs> you're realistic. Sometimes books, I mean, you're a New York Times bestselling author, but sometimes books don't make us a lot of money, do they? Um, <laughs> hey, if you want to win the book, channelmom at gmail.com, channelmom at gmail.com, or very quickly, because Michael has to play some stuff, 303-873-1935. Karen, thank you so much for being on Channel Mom. I hope the book does well. Thank you so much for having me. Sure, take care. All right, this is the time in the show. Like at the beginning, I was saying, if you're having a day, as a mom or a dad, I want to speak to dads today too, because, oh my goodness, the work that you do to raise those babies well. I was reading an article the other day that said that the, the first year of parenting is worse than a divorce or worse than a loss of a spouse or something like that. And I was like, what? Why are we promoting that parenthood is a bad thing and we give it no respect and love and honor? So I'm here to say, I respect you. I love you. I honor you in your role as a parent. I, I'm just so grateful to the moms and dads who are so dedicated to raising their children well, to loving them well, to teaching them to love others well, to passing on values, to teaching them about God, to praying for them. Thank you for your commitment and for all you do for our regular listeners, for our podcast listeners. So grateful for you. Oh my goodness, I'm still clinging to my daughter because she's about to do this empty nest thing here pretty soon, but she'll be back, right? She'll be back. Okay, love you guys. Thank you much for tuning in. God bless. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.